0: Log Talk Radio.
1: I go on and on, can't understand how I last so long.
0: They can't play on my court, can't hang with the big dogs, they on the court. Slow the whistle. Slow the, 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 the whistle. Where you get that from?
2: What a do, what's the deal? This is your host with the most that boy, Nilly Neal. What's happening, world? It's your boy, man. Back on the sports officials at sportsofficials.com. You can call in. If you got some sports officials you want to blow your whistle, 646-787-1840. Man, you can hit your boy up. That boy nearly near. What's happening? Got a lot to talk about today, man, in sports, man. We're going to bring in the big intellect, of course, man, and T-Nick and uh, Mike Tz are on site on at the big game today, man. So we're going to bring them in later, of course. But we got a lot to talk about, man, the NFL today, week three. Uh, injury buzz that's plaguing every team. NFL. I mean, uh, excuse me. We're gonna talk about some NCAA uh previews today, man. A lot of playoff preview teams, man. Got some big games today, man. A couple cupcake games, of course, man. I wanna talk about what's going on in the NBA. Uh, the great KG man decides to hang it up, man. Man, we gotta have to send out a tribute, man. To uh, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Oh yeah, we definitely got to that dude right there, man. That's my man. But you know, we're going to keep it live, man I'm going to bring in the big intellect with me today, man Let's see if we can get him on the air
3: What's up? Big
2: intellect, man, is that you on the air? That's me, man Good morning, my brother, my pops To the whole wide world known as the big intellect Good morning to you, my man How you doing, son? How's everybody feeling this morning? Ah, it's all good, pops, you know it Man, another day, another dollar you know what I mean? Trying to get a hop. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot to talk about today, man. You know, big NCAA previews today, man. So a lot of good games coming on today. Um, Georgia, Ole Miss, kind of a big, kind of a big game. If you were, if you recall that, uh, a lot of Bulldog fans here in in Atlanta are uh, preparing for what will be, um, Kirby Smart's biggest test to this date, to date, and uh. It's kind of a big deal, man, because Jordan's on the road, man. And it's an early 12 o'clock game. And uh, Ole Miss is still ranked ahead. They got two major losses, man, but they're still ranked number 23. And uh, I think they're out for blood, man. Uh, what you think about that game, Intellect?
3: Well, uh, one thing for certain, uh, Mississippi has a lot to prove. They have played some really, really good football and had 21-point games, 21-point leads on two really good teams. Unfortunately, they lost both of them. So um, if anybody has something to prove, it's going to be Mississippi. And I I kind of think they're going to take it out on Georgia. I don't even think this game is going to be close.
2: Ah, Yeah,
3: a lot of people don't like that here in Athens,
2: man. But, you know, I I, I kind of agree with you because uh, Ole Miss is a good team, man. Uh, They got a lot of good pieces on that team, man. I like Chad Kelly. Uh, I I really not – all confident in the running game, man. But the the passing game is tremendous, man. And the defense is hard hitting, like you know, like they've been in the last couple of years, man. But uh, it's gonna be a good game, man. But uh, Georgia is gonna bid off a lot they can for today, you uh, know. It's gonna be very interesting, man. Because twelve o'clock game too. That that's gonna be that's that's my thing, man. It's very early, man.
3: Yeah, it's twelve o'clock Eastern time. It's eleven o'clock in Mississippi. Again we will be will be going out at eleven o'clock in the morning, so uh, it's going to be a, a, a different for a lot of pay, for a lot of players and especially young players. I know that Jacob Easton is not used to playing a major game at eleven o'clock in the morning.
2: Yeah, with, with a packed stadium down there, man. You got to believe. You best believe that stadium will be packed to the max down there, old Miss. Oh,
3: there's no doubt. And uh, the uh, the cowbells will be out or that, Mississippi State, one of the two the way, stay with the yeah, um, it was, <laughs> yeah it, it's going to be a very loud and raucous crowd, and everything that Mississippi does every time they score, every time they make a play the play the place is going to get that much louder, so uh George is a very young team with a very, very young quarterback. We'll find out just how much poise he has. He showed some against Missouri, especially in that last drive, but um uh, we'll see. Because the pressure is going to be really, really on them today. Yeah, it's going to be very, very high, man.
2: But uh, I like another game today, man. Uh, Wisconsin at Michigan State. Wisconsin's on the road, man. You know, they beat LSU in the opener. They won the next two games. Michigan State two and zero. Had a big week. We had a big win last weekend, and uh, Michigan State's at home, man. That's another twelve o'clock game, man. Early game man. man. Uh, what you think about that game, man? I mean, that is going to tell a lot of, of what the Big Ten direction will be for the rest of the year with this game right here. A lot of people always thought, oh. well, Ohio State Michigan going to do, but these guys are on the same side, too, as well. So this is a huge game as far as how the Big,
3: Twi- Big Ten is going to go. Well, absolutely, because, you know, the Big Ten has, well, up until Iowa lost last week, had like five teams in the top 25. So, um, I think Wisconsin is ranked at number nine. Um, I think that I think that Wisconsin can go on the road and get one in Michigan State. Michigan State is a really, really tough place to play. And Ohio State will tell you that because they lost there last year. They did. Yeah, that
2: will be a big game. It's going to be very uh... – interesting to watch, man. We got to uh, keep a close eye on that, man, because uh, I got Michigan State in that game, man, especially at home, man, because they got the kids' the Pennsylvania key, I can't, I mean, I can't bring his name to my to my tongue right now, but uh, they're going to put some pressure on that Wisconsin uh, offense because uh, Wisconsin has a new starting quarterback that they're starting this week, who, uh, who uh, the singer lost his job, and uh, this is going to be like a good welcoming party, man, for your first start, man, at Michigan State, man, so... Uh, like I say, man, I got Michigan State in that game, man. But uh, the next game, I think, is going to be a very interesting game, man. Is that a uh, Florida Tennessee game, man? Of uh, Florida has beaten Tennessee eleven straight seasons. Eleven straight seasons. That's that's almost three recruiting classes. I mean, it'd be four. that that'd be three straight recruiting classes if they beat them this year. So, so that kind of couldn't be the personnel. You know what I mean? So. Something's going on here. I mean, I mean maybe Florida just has Tennessee's number. Maybe uh, Tennessee uh, needs to step up in recruiting better players or get a different scheme, different coach. Man, I don't know what's going on, man, but 11 straight losses to one program, man, when you're so evenly matched, uh, it, it's, it's alarming to me, man. Uh, I always thought that, man, is this, does Tennessee even want to beat Florida man? Because some of those games, they, it comes down to the wire, man. They end up bubbling and fumbling at the end, man. And Florida end up always kicking a field goal to beat them, or, or or either it's gonna be a blowout by fifty. Um, I hope Tennessee does it this year, man. Just for the sake of the fans there, man, and their uh and the morale there, man. Because even if they did lose this game, man, and went out, I mean they still lost to Florida again, man. So I kind of think, man, this is a this is huge, huge game for Tennessee,
3: man. Probably the biggest game of the year. Oh, w- without a doubt. But uh, I, I, I honestly think that Tennessee is overrated. Uh, they do have a lot of talent at, at quarterback. They have a lot of talent at wide receiver. Um, they, they need some, some more maturity on the lines. Um, and I'm, not, I'm, still not, I'm still not sold on their coach. I think Tennessee is overrated. But at the same time, Florida will be going in with a backup quarterback on the road. So, hmm. I kind of like Tennessee's chances at home against Florida. But if Florida pulls us off, I will not be surprised. Yeah, i seen,
2: uh seen Rio go out, man. I see he wasn't playing this weekend. Uh, that will be huge for the Gators, man, but... Uh, I mean, but my thing was, like, the offense wasn't really that prolific with uh, Del Rio out there in the first place, man. So It may not be a big drop-off as a lot of people think. But uh, I don't know about that game, man. I mean, I'm kind of torn. I really want Tennessee to win, man, just for the sake of the fans there, man, because they got a huge fan base, man. And uh, they deserve to beat Florida after all the uh, tragic losses they had over the, over those over these past Eleven years—that's a—that's a decade, man. That's a decade. Man. That's a whole generation you know I
3: mean? of of losing, you know what I mean? To these dudes, yeah, man. More, uh, more more importantly, as you pointed out, that's three—at least three—recruiting classes. Um, Florida yeah. has been getting those players. They keep a lot of those players um, in Florida although a lot of them get away, and you can ask Ohio State about Florida players because they get a bunch of them. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: But uh, Tennessee can keep a lot of the players in Tennessee, but they can't get them from Florida. They don't get a lot of them from Georgia or the surrounding areas. Um, uh, Tennessee's going to have to do a better job of recruiting outside of Tennessee in order for them to, to maintain a, a, uh, a level of success when they had under Phil Fulmer. They have never been able to recover from uh, losing or firing for a former, actually. So uh, how they're recruiting, they haven't they haven't had a whole lot of talent on that team until recently. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, uh, if Florida wins their game, I won't be surprised. I like Tennessee at home in front of 103,000 people, but they're in front of 103,000 people and almost lost to Appalachian State, so... You know, we'll see how it plays out, but uh, yeah. Tennessee's over. going to be a uh,
2: uh, 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 hope and see for Tennessee, man, because like I say, man, it always ends up bad for them, man, when it, when it comes to the game. When they always find a way to take that boogie L from them, man. It's like, mm, hope y'all get over that hump. Man. But uh, the next game, I think it's going to be interesting, man, probably the time game of the night. Number 17, Arkansas. At number 10, Texas A&M. Now, Texas A&M got my boy back there, man. My, my quarterback, man, Trevor Knight, man. He's been doing pretty good this season, man. He's, been, he's not a high candidate by any means, but uh, he's been leading them to victories, man. Both teams 3-0. and Both of them got some big wins on the road last week. And uh, A&M, man, if they win this game, man, they they are in the driver's seat on their side of the division, man, in, uh, in the SEC and we'll probably have a shot to uh, to win the S C C man if they can win this game. But uh Arkansas, this'll be a big, big, big prove it to the world game that you have arrived if you can beat the number ten Texas A&M, on the road. Uh Brett Bielerman, the coach, man, uh he's been there for it's like his fourth season now, man, after he left Wisconsin and uh it's time to put up a shut up, basically, man. Because he had a couple of good recruiting classes, not great ones, but he had a couple of good ones. You know, he had a couple of kids leave the draft early last year, like Alex Collins, and uh, he lost Hunter Henry, the tight end, who's playing for the Chargers now. Uh, Alex Collins, for the Seahawks, respectively. respectively. and uh, and that probably hurt him a little bit on the offensive side, but a lot of people in Arkansas are wondering, man, like, hey, man, can we, can this be the new year? that you turn around for us on the football side, man, so we don't have to depend on basketball as much. But uh big game today, man, 9 o'clock tonight. Pops, what you think about? It. Uh,
3: I, I like Texas A&M, again, at home, under the lights. But Arkansas is a really good up-and-coming program. I think that, that uh, Vilema has done a good job of recruiting the types of players that he's going to need to be successful there. Um, he probably needs to close his mouth a little bit, <laughs> Because he has a tendency, tendency to open his mouth and put his foot in it, big time. But he's got players, and, and um, he's got the the types of players that he likes to he likes to to win with. They're not quite there yet, but Arkansas is a team that has to be watched. And if you don't play them well, if you don't if you don't play them, uh, give them the kind of respect that they really deserve. Oh yeah, Arkansas can get you. So. Uh, I like Texas a and at home, but that's going to be a really, really great game to watch.
2: Oh, yeah, that's going to be one that we all going to stay up tonight and watch, man. Hopefully we don't pass out tonight. <laughs> but uh, I got a, a, a watch out game, man. I was, you know, going through the Twitter world, man, you know, following through the sports world as far as uh, looking on different apps and then the 4 the network and – uh a couple of weeks ago, man, Portland State was playing Washington. And uh, the Portland State coach said something to me, well, said something not to me, <laughs> but to the, to the world and uh, to the sports world and the press conference about the Washington Huskies. Nobody's talking about these guys. Nah, they're, and they're the ninth-ranked team in the country right now. But uh, this Portland State coach said, man, this Washington he said he will bet his house and his and his mortgage that the number nine Washington Huskies will win the national championship this year. I was like, "Wow, that's a major statement for a, a head coach for a college team to say that." They have been
3: that, losing. That them. is a, what? That's a little what? out there, and, and I understand that uh, the Washington is a really good program, but. Uh, they still have to play Stanford. They still have to play Oregon. Oregon is not as tough as they've been in the past, but they're still a really uh, big play offense that you have to. But the uh, Washington and Stanford will be a huge game. Um, yeah. the, the the Pac-12 is a little down this year. I mean USC lost again last night. Uh, UCLA is not as good as everybody thought they were going to be. Uh, so uh, Stanford has a kind of a almost a clear path to the to the Pac twelve championship which would put them in the playoff if they win. Because at this point right now, I don't think I think that the conference is going to get left out of this thing is going to be the Big Twelve again. So um, Stanford has a has a shot at the title. But if Washington can knock them off, they'll be in the picture. I, I don't see Washington winning the national championship though.
2: I don't either. But uh <laughs> Fort State to know a little bit more about football than I do. You know, <laughs> when he said that, I'm like, wow, really? I mean, I mean, at first I thought you know, it was just a reasonable thing. Maybe he was just, you know, jock riding or something. You know what I mean? But with it at all, he and, – and apparently he was dead serious.
3: Well, you know, that's one of those things that you say in the heat of the moment. Um you know, Washington laid the smackdown on on, uh, on Portland State as they should have, and mm. they you know and and they, and they probably did it fairly impressively. But that's Portland State. That's not Stanford. That's not that's not even UCLA. You know, and they certainly not Alabama, Ohio State, Houston, Louisville, all those other really really good teams who everybody knows at this point in the season. And it's still early. But those are the teams to beat. those are the teams that are, that are going to all be battling for those four playoff spots. So Washington is going to have to work themselves into that conversation. They haven't done it yet, but you know we're, we're, we're still only at week three or going into week four actually. So we'll see how it plays out but I, you know it's, it's a lot of hyperbole and that's all well and good it makes for good uh, Twitter it makes for good uh, sports center uh, fodder but it's not realistic.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not realistic, man. But, hey, it was interesting to hear, man. You know, when he said that, I was like, you know, hey, what is he talking about? He might be on the sun, man. But, you know, hey, I want to talk about on the sports officials first, man. You know, so if Watson ever do win that championship, hey, we was on to it. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't really see any more big games this week as I'm looking down uh, the schedule here. um. Uh Baylor plays Oklahoma State. That's not a big I don't really see nothing major happening that game. Uh number eighteen, LSU goes to Auburn. But Auburn's done a little bit of disappointment. Uh but Penn State Penn State, Michigan, man. At Michigan, three thirty tip off, kickoff. Uh Penn State, man, hasn't been that bad looking this year, man. And uh it would be interesting, man, to see what Michigan could do, you know, if if uh if uh, Michigan could win out, man, because that Michigan Ohio State game this year, woo! If both of them be undefeated, man, can you imagine the implications of that game right
3: there? It will be a if really, keep, really, if both of them win out. Oh, oh yeah, it'll be a really, really huge game. But um, I, I will give this to Jim Harbaugh. He has made Michigan with and uh, with all his antics during the summer and all these all these other things that he did to put himself in the spotlight. He's made Michigan uh, a nice pick, but the fact of the matter is that while they have a lot of talent, they don't have Ohio State talent. They don't have, and they don't have Urban Meyer. Ohio, Michigan is another one of those teams that's really, really overrated. And it's easy to say that now because they haven't really played anybody. You know, all the really good teams up until this point have played somebody, Michigan hasn't. And so, and Penn State, while they're a good team, they're not an upper echelon team like the teams that, that have been beaten by Ohio State and Alabama and the other uh, uh, big-time programs. Michigan State is working their way into the, into the conversation, but they still have to play Wisconsin. They'll still have to play Michigan State before they get a shot at the title when they play Ohio State. So uh, uh, we'll see. Michigan will win that game easily, and, and it won't even be close. But uh, I still think that Michigan's overrated. Time will tell, but uh, they they've they've um they've made themselves uh a big part of the picture with, with what they did off the field. They haven't proven to, they haven't proven it to anybody on the field yet.
2: Uh I, I can uh uh agree to that, but uh he's definitely got them uh on the on the on the up. They're trending up. Oh, <laughs> if, sure. if that's the word I can, I can use
3: today, you know what I mean? They'll be a, 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 they'll be a better – they'll have a better shot at uh, getting into the playoffs next year than this year um, with another recruiting class. But when you look back at it, and you're, you're the recruiting guy now, how many, how many people have de, decommitted from Michigan this year? Oh, he's got think to about a handful of
2: them, man, just because –
3: but at the same
2: time, he uh, he's nabbed the number one overall player in the country in the uh, in, uh, Quan great and, uh, and 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 he's he's in the lineup right now. Man, uh, he's the number one defensive tackle, the number one overall high school player in the country, and uh, a lot of people compare him to uh, Gerald McCoy and the Aaron Donalds of the world. Man, say he, he's the next guy, and uh. He's getting these kind of guys, man. This guy's from New Jersey, you know what I mean, and uh, and he, he has another kid, man. Uh, Ed Johnson, I, I want to say, but he's from Florida. Uh, you know when you know the big deal when they went they did the satellite camp down there with him and uh, Nick Foles right. was having a beef. Um, he nabbed that kid, man. Now that kid is going to Michigan, you know what I mean? You know the number one defensive tackle in the country, man. He's like the number three or number four player in all of America. You know what I mean, so. Uh, He's recruiting on a high high level right now, man. Um, he's even got uh, uh, a five star uh, uh, dual threat quarterback. I forgot the kid's name. I, I need to get my pull my list out, man. You kind of put me on the spot right here. Thanks, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, uh, but he's going to Michigan. They got a five star quarterback coming there, man, next season, man. And uh, and uh, when it comes to recruiting. I mean, I think he put himself in the mix, man, because that satellite thing, man, when he went to that IMG Academy, a lot of people don't know, man, he he put himself out there, man, right in, in his kid's backyard. So that kind of rubs a lot of other schools wrong, man, because, hey, no fair, you know what I mean? It's kind of like he was looking, he's kind of like they are uh, taking a test, and he's looking down at the book, cheating, while everybody else, you know, have to study on it. Hey, man, come on, man, hey, you know, and everybody want to throw the flag on it, man, because he got the upper hand. I mean, so I kind of look at it like that, man.
3: But now, you, again, you know more about the, the recruiting uh, classes and recruiting services than I do at, at this moment, and I'm having some, some Internet difficulties. I can't pull up a lot of stuff. But I would uh, imagine that this past or this coming in uh, recruiting classes, as they're ranked by rivals and uh, ESPN, I believe that Ohio State recruiting classes ranked higher than Michigan's. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, well, no they definitely rank right higher because Ohio State Ohio State, man. Man, they're gonna get their five stars because I mean, one is Ohio State. Two, uh Erlen Meyer pumps out more NFL players and she probably saving has been in the last half decade yeah. in Ohio yeah. State. Twelve in the
0: last and, uh,
3: twelve of them in the last draft. Five
2: yeah, oh round. yeah, yeah, yeah. Six them in the first round. Yeah. So they and and, and the thing is, man, the guys behind them, man, you know, look like they're gonna do it again this year. But uh but like when it comes to recruiting, yeah, Urban Meyer is always at the top, man. Urban Meyer, Nick Saban. I mean they're definitely, you know, the top of the recruiting class every season. But like I say, Michigan has put their name in a lot of kids' hats in the last past year or so. And uh, like I say, man, they got the number one player overall went there. He's already on campus now, he's playing now. And uh They got them a number one quarterback. He's not the number one quarterback, but they got a five-star dual-three quarterback coming in next year. So uh, that tells me that he's garnered a lot of attention from a lot of the five-star recruits who once wouldn't even look twice at even think about playing at Michigan if uh, they had the opportunity. So, uh, one, I think his lure of the NFL, man. He's played in the NFL for a long time, had a long NFL career, and fairly successful. And he coached in the NFL for a long time. I mean, very successful NFL coach. Uh, well, on the verge yeah. of winning the Super Bowl, man, until the lights went out. And, uh, right. Now, now when you look at stuff. that, uh, that that is very attractive for a kid. Uh, and you got to understand, all this stuff is recent. I mean, these kids remember this dude coaching in the NFL, coaching college Kaepernick and bringing him to life. You know, these kids were probably in middle school, probably in high school when all this stuff happened. So And now when this guy's in your living room, I've even seen him dabbing in in, in uh Lamborghinis. You see him doing music videos with some of his kids uh, on the campus. We see him on the Lake Show or we see him on Twitter tweeting all kind of crazy stuff. And we see him, uh, you know, just all over the place, man. You know, he's, he's a star. You know what I mean? And now he's a his, uh, recruiting prowess and his star power has made Michigan Back again now. When you get a, all you gotta do is get a kid on campus. Um, in these recruitment times, man, because um, you know, I, I mean, I, I was recruited pretty well. I know a lot of people who have been recruited, you know, who are this way just on recruiting business. Now, when you get a kid on your campus and you show them the big house and you show them that it's a hundred and fifteen hundred five thousand people that's gonna be in the stadium chanting your name every Saturday for the Saturdays that we're gonna be in here and then you, see, you show them the tradition, and you show them the hateful house state, and, you know, I mean, you know, go on and on and on and on. And then you got this guy doing it. You have Jim Harbaugh doing it. I mean, I think uh, Nick Saban and Irma might better be definitely afraid. And that's why Nick Saban started kicking up death, because he knew what was going on. He's like, you know what, this guy is trying to sway
3: the recruitment of, the recruitment of, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Give me, give me a word, Pop. Uh, the recruiting landscape.
2: Yeah, thank you, good one, man. Damn, man, you cold with The recruiting landscape of the whole the whole industry, basically, man. Because you know it's a business, yeah. So you know you kind of messing with daddy money, basically. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> but you know, he's, <laughs> so, I definitely
2: think that I definitely think Michigan will be big players not only this year, next year, and the year after.
3: And, and you're right. You're, you're, there, there are going to be some players that, that Michigan is going to be able to get. But one thing that he won't be able to give them, show them in recent history, is the national championships. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't yep. doubt for one moment, I don't doubt that for one moment that Ohio State will be in the playoff again this year. And they won the first they won the first playoff. So they're going to be in it. They didn't make it last year. They're going to be in it this year. But they're they're always in the picture. Michigan has to, first, before Michigan can really grab and keep those other kids, and you probably know more about it than I do, but if they want to uh, really get the attention to those other kids, they're going to have to win. They're going to have to win. That, he,
2: that, that is very true. That is very true, man, but like I said before, man, I mean, he's in the kids' living room now when Michigan wasn't even getting nowhere near the number one player in overall country to come into your living room. You know what I mean? So I mean, he's getting these kids on campus. You know, he's getting these kids to go down to the satellite camps, man. It's a big swing. That is a oh, huge yeah.
3: swing in recruiting. Yeah. I don't I don't doubt that for a moment. Um but until he can show them a championship ring or a championship trophy. Um or or even the excitement of being in, in the in the uh in the playoff even in the playoff picture, much less actually in the playoffs. Uh if if I'm a player and I'm like, wow, Ohio State sent twelve players to the NFL in the last draft. Wow, Alabama sent ten players to the to the NFL in the last draft. Wow, Michigan State sent how many? I don't know. How many? How many players, uh, players? yeah, I mean, that's, you make a, you make right.
2: good points, but, but like I say, man, I I think the tide is turning. We gotta go some break. We are gonna go on a quick break, right? Quick, man. When we come back, man, we are gonna bring in a couple uh, special guest callers, man. See if we can get some uh, take some calls, and um, we got a lot to talk about, man.
0: That's all right. <laughs> I'm you
2: The language, but uh, wanted to get he the big star.
3: He, he dropped the n bomb about what 60 times in that joint.
2: Hey, man, hey, hey. we're gonna have part two of that, man. It's the end, man. You know, I can't let uh, the go out like that, man. But uh, now nah, we're back with the sports officials, man. Never artificial, man. We official. I'm going to bring in a special guest with me, man. Who we got, man? Who we got on the call right here? Who we got on the line right here, man? It's Sports Officials. Blow your whistle. Caller, caller, what we got? Caller, caller, you there? Yo, 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 we might, we, may have, we may have lost our caller right there, man. But uh, we'll take a couple of long later on, man. But uh, we still going live here, arriving at Sports Officials, SportsOfficials.com. Next, we're going to talk about some NFL news, man. Oh, uh, man. The NFL injury bug has bit the NFL so bad. I mean, boy, if you play fantasy football, I know you are upset. Man. Oh, we got Gronkowski just came back on Thursday night, man, but didn't even get a catch. Hope a lot of you fantasy gurus out there didn't put him in the game. Uh, Milard uh running back for... The Detroit Lions, he's out eight weeks, man, and has been officially placed on the IR, man. Big loss for the Detroit Lions, man. That guy was a real important running back for them guys. Uh, Adrian Peterson. Oh, man. Say he has a torn meniscus in his knee, man, but uh, and will be out three to four months. Um, That's basically the season, man. He'll probably be back at the end of December, and that's like around playoff time, and even then, even with a full uh, rehab and recovery, man, and he won't be 100% to around the Super Bowl, man. So his it, it season's basically over, man. And that's so unfortunate, man. Especially for a guy at his, at his age, man. Uh, I know he's a superhuman human guy, man. But it's the sake of time, man. You know, and he's on the other side of 30, so this might be the decline in years of Adrian Peterson, man. And I hate to say that, man, but that's what we're looking like. Um. A lot of other injury bugs, man, going on, man, NFL, man. Uh, wide receivers going down. Uh, Brandon Marshall may not play this week, man. He has a, a knee and a foot problem. Um, who else is out here, man? Alshon Jeffrey, Alson. I know, out. Yeah, he's definitely out here. Alshon Jeffrey's out. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me out with that pot. Uh, got a lot of running backs out, too, man. Uh, uh, Jamal Charles is supposed to make his uh, – Debut day then, but a lot of people saying he's still not 100 percent healthy, man. He may not go. Um, and that's, I mean, that's that's just the tip of the iceberg, man. Uh, even our own Cleveland Browns, man, Corey Coleman, man, fractured wrist in practice, man. Out four to six weeks, man. That's almost half the season. Uh, that's just Cleveland Brown news for you, man.
3: But uh, well, and those up really good numbers too. Um, oh, yeah, I, was, was I was coming to the yeah, definitely.
2: And and that would have been a great pair, man, for him and uh Josh. McGuire, Hello. Man, back. Yeah, yeah, my man. What's up, L boy, I know that voice anywhere. What's going on,
1: brother? What the deal, man? I'm I'm out here, you know, I'm I'm down here in South Florida, man, and I'm I'm watching my young guys, man. They they play basketball for me, but you know they sixth grade. They playing football too, so they they're being still athletes right now. Right. He stayed on the
2: kids, man. But that's what we need, you folks. We need more guys like you in our community, brother. You know what I'm
1: saying? Oh man, What's no, doubt. On, man. No. Bro, you man? What you want to talk about
2: today, man? What's
1: going on down, brother? Well, I got a couple. I got a couple issues. Uh, first of all, I must say that uh, Jim Harbaugh is a very overrated coach. I want to say that first. They have a soft schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they rank four in the country. That's just because of his name. He hasn't he hasn't done anything really miraculously since Stanford. Uh, As you see, you know Stanford is still rolling, consistent program. Uh, Should I say he he started it? Yes, maybe he did. But in San Francisco, he had Medi Ray player. In Michigan, he's not doing anything. Check the schedule when he plays against great good teams in the top tier. He has to fare well, and of course he's going to get. A couple players because he was an ex NFL coach, but let's be honest: Jim Harbaugh is a prick who really, what really thoroughbred guy wants to play for him? Let's be honest. Second, secondly, you, you, you got some Good point. Good point. Se- secondly, I would like to say big shout out to all my guys, all my youngins at Ohio State. Jerome Baker, Marshall Lottimore, those guys, those guys right there, uh I used to, you know what I'm saying? I used to be under my under my repertoire and uh they're doing they're doing very well. My son played alongside Jerome Baker when he was at uh Saint Benedictine High School and won a state championship with those guys. Uh right. and, and, yeah. and I'll and I'll say this, I'll say this, and I keep telling you nearly Neil. My six, a my, hey, my six, eight guy, get rid of your coach down there at Oklahoma. I keep telling you, it's time for a new voice. It's over with. It's, 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 he's done his job. He's made him relevant again. He's won a national championship, played in the other, but it's time to let go. But it's stoop, man. And getting getting to the Wait. NFL. Go, go ahead. You've been calling for a man here
2: for a minute now, man. You've been calling for a man here for a minute now, man, bud. But you got to understand, I mean, we won the Big 12 last year, man,
1: and we was in the four last it, year. It is that saying a lot about the four? I mean, about the four because I ain't, I ain't, the Big 12 at this, at this particular time, yes, they got in, but what they get in on, their name. It wasn't because of the strength of schedule. They got in because they felt sorry for them the year before last and everybody had a great record, and no one got into the playoff game. And when they got into the playoff game, what happened? They laid an
3: egg. Let me say this this about Bob Stoops here real quick. Uh, Oklahoma is is a storied program, and they've been a storied program for a long time. Um, But uh, they haven't played well in big games over the last, what, four or five years. Um, and just this year alone You had a big game against Houston And you can check them into the Smackdown Hotel Then two weeks later You played you play play Ohio State At home And then, there you are again At the corner of Jabroni Drive And Know Your World Boulevard
0: So <laughs> big,
3: big games yeah. big, big games Bob Stoops has not uh, Been able to to produce, and maybe it is time for another, because Bob Hughes is definitely on the hot seat, along with Gus Miles and uh, Gus on and a couple other guys, but uh, he's going to have uh, I mean, he may have already lost it by losing against two ranked teams in your first three games. You know, Oklahoma is one and two. Think about that for a second. That, that can't be good.
2: I mean, it can't Man. be
3: good, but the best thing about that
2: is the two teams
1: that you lost to are top five teams, man? I mean, both of them. No, um, and I can't. I can't. I can't say uh, it's not the it's not the loss, Millie Neil. It's how they lost. How they lost. Blowout. Take them to the back of the shed and just did whatever they wanted to do to them. Now <laughs> let me say this about my guys, yeah. Florida State. We took. We got embarrassed on the road and we were not good as we, we, we the ranking was because of our quarterback situation. And uh, I I understand that, and I'm glad that uh, we're working our way back up. No disrespect to my seminars, but we're right where we should be. Shouldn't have been that high in the first place. But, but. getting back to an issue that I'm starting to get irritable about, and this is about the kneeling down of the NFL ball players. Okay. Now, I really want to see the guys who really have something bad to say, which is Mike Dicker, Jerry Rice, and somebody who didn't even say a word, and and he had no say so, and that's the guy, uh, uh, Cam Newton. I I I want to see now after we just had two situations on video. Do you still have the same stance? Do you are you still not going to say anything? And the chumps up in the northwest, the chumps. I'm calling them the chumps the Seattle. Sea chumps. They locked arms together and didn't kneel a bunch of chumps and then he wants to get on national TV and say that I'm not doing a press conference. And my thing is this, come together like what? We we need yeah. to start coming together in a community first before we ask Pete Carroll or somebody else of that our color come together. We need to come together. You know why they're killing us? Because we don't even see that Black Lives Matter. So why would why would they think that we matter?
2: Yeah, that's real talk, man. That, that, and that's real, and, man. And, and,
1: and people and people who are who are who are you know giving these threats or are scared and you know I commend Kaepernick because yes, he lost endorsements, but who cares? Who cares? And you got all these other guys who they ain't say the word, and one of the guys who I respected. One of the guys I thought that put on the shoulder pads the best, and that was Jerry Rice. I lost all respect for that guy. You
3: know, one of the things that bothers yeah.
1: me about about this about oh, this issue, oh. and let me
3: say this real quick.
1: Hold on, hold Are on, guys. People... Hold on, guys. I, I gotta talk to this kid. You guys go ahead. I'm listening
3: though. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you rebuttal. All right. All right. One of the one of the problems. That they goes along with this. All these people who are who are coming out and say, "Oh, we have to respect the flag. Or, it's not patriotic. This, that, and the other thing." Well, what is happening in in the in the American landscape isn't affecting them. You understand what I'm saying? If some some uh, if some guy if 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 Mike Dicker's nephew got killed by a police officer with his hands up in the air and with no, no visible uh, threat to a police officer but a police officer shot him anyway Mike Dicker would feel differently about it you, you understand what I'm saying a lot of these people who are, who, are going to, who, are, who are protesting the, the players who are protesting the conditions in this country because these matters don't happen to them so they don't, they don't relate to it. Not, and that doesn't even make it right. As an American, you have to look at, the, at what's happening right now and say, something is wrong. Think about this. 50 years ago, Muhammad Ali gave up his title, millions of dollars, and everything that he believed, that, that was good for him at the time to stand up for what he believed in. John, Car- John yep. Carlos and Tommy Smith did the same thing. They gave up what could have been a lot of endorsements, jobs, all the stuff like that, to stand up for what they believe in. The problem is is that the conditions that existed back in 1968 still exist today. It hasn't changed. So um, the problem is not the protest. The problem is the conditions. Yeah, no doubt, man. And
2: uh, I was going to wait till the end of the show, man, to talk about it, man. But uh, this is a subject man that we all, you know, that a touch because one, we all black men. And every day that we leave our house, man, you know, I mean it's a small chance, man, that that this, this could be it for you. You know what I mean? By the hands of the police, man. And uh the one thing that uh that's one thing in the black community, I mean I'm gonna go a whole other route with this and now this is probably why, uh, and I probably end up in the, in the end with this. Uh, I think about this all the time, man. I'm like, man, what what does a black man in America need with the police? Like, I mean, I know everybody else needs the police for governing and uh, you know protection or whatever. I mean, you know, whatever people need the police for. But I, I start thinking about this, like, what does a black man need? With the police, like what? What do we need the police for? In any kind of capacity? I mean, like well, protection.
3: We we need the police, like everybody else needs the police, because the police are the policemen. Their job is to uphold the, the laws of the land. But here's the problem. The problem I'm back, is, guys. Is it, the the problem is is always it's always it's always perception. Um, I don't know why that young lady in Tulsa. One of the first words was out of her mouth: "He looks like a bad dude." Okay, just because he was a, a, a black guy who's pretty big. Well, I'm six foot maybe 200 pounds. My bad dude for from putting on his coat over, and I throw my hands up in the air. Well, uh, for the, the 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 black guy who was sitting on the ground with his hands in the air, laid down, and the police was shot him. Uh, these things. Are are a matter of why? Do, why do the police automatically perceive a black man as a threat, no matter what he's doing, no matter how what his posture is? You have a small segment of uh, uh, undertrained. I, I'm losing my my train of thought here. The undertrained, under undervalued. These people. Some of these people shouldn't have even be in police office. When you look at if you go back to the to the psychological profile of the police officers who did the shooting, those people shouldn't have been police officers to begin with. But the fact that you have a bunch Man, of guys out there who, <laughs> make, who you have a bunch of people out there who make thirty five, forty thousand dollars a year and you and you have to send them out on the street, and they do put their lives on the line, there's no doubt about it. They put their lives on the line to protect and serve, which is what their job is, but if you aren't psychologically suited to this job, then you shouldn't have
2: it. I agree. And that, that's another thing, man, would be with the police, man. Uh uh, I mean, as a black man, I mean, I I don't wanna be afraid. I mean, I already got enough problems, you know, in the world, I mean, dealing with uh with uh discrimination, you know, and dealing with uh uh all the other I mean, other things in the world I, that that already hinders me as being a black man. Now, I mean, now I feel, I feel like my life in danger, man. Like every day, man. I mean, every time I pull up at a stop sign, or I, every time I see a police car, man, like that could be the police, man, that my life today. So, so it, it's it's mean, it's not a good feeling, man. And uh, and when you see that, man, when I see my fellow brothers, I mean, get shot down for nothing. Man, on tape, man, like on T V, man. I mean it hurts, man. I ain't gonna even lie, man. It's it's a very painful thing to watch, man, and, and it hits home all the time, man, because I, I think I look at myself, man, I'm not a big guy, but I'm tall. I mean, I'm six feet eight. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not a snappy snazzy dresser, you know, like everybody else on the show, man, you know, like, like Nick and uh you know, skol keeping. You know, and uh, El Boogie. You know, you, you know, I see y'all the time, Boogie. I be seeing you trying to stay fresh all the time, man. I will be seeing you, but you know, <laughs> that ain't my thing, man. You know what I mean? So, uh, so when, when the police see me, or when they pull me over, and I got to get out the car, man, and I'm six eight, you know, I mean, like I, I'm gonna be a threat, man. I'm, I'm my life is in danger at that point. I mean, this lady probably is he a bad guy because I wear. I wear a hoop shirt I just came from a workout with a t-shirt with my with my Cleveland Cavs championship shirt on. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah,
2: I, I'm a I could be a bad guy, you know? What I mean? But 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 when you look at me as a person, I, I'm a dad. You know what I mean, I'm a coach. Man, I'm a, a high school and middle school official. You know what I mean? Now training kids every day, man. I, I mean, I live, wasted and I be in the gym every day with kids, man. Every day, every single day. I mean. I'm that guy every day, I mean,
0: and, and when I get
2: off work and when I come home, I mean,
0: but to this lady, I'm
2: a bad guy, you know what I mean, me, this black man, you know what I mean, so, I mean, it, it's it's a, it's a time right now, man, where uh, I don't know if they're trying to make us do something, or it's a time where, where... They just on the on on the strike now, man. Like you know what? It's time for oh these God. dudes to go, man. They serve their purpose. Let's kill as many as we can as possible, man, and set it off. So I, I'm so torn right now, man. I don't know what to do. I mean, I wish I could help my people. I mean, because everybody know, man. I, I'm definitely pro black, man. I'm all about black power, all the way, man. But at the same time, man, you know, I got a family. I mean, I got women to protect. You know what I mean, you know, and I got my own life to protect. And right, so so what do I do, man? What do I do? Like uh, do I go out here to protest, do I got get out here throwing bricks? Do I get out here uh making my voice known, you know, like on my own platform like I do now, man, try to make a change this way? Or uh, can I give a couple of dollars to an organization, man, that's gonna you know, help us make a change? What can I do? Can I, do I gotta start with me, the man in the mirror? What do I gotta do, man, to help my folks? I mean, and even help myself, I mean so I mean, this right here, man, is it's almost like, man, we had a crisis now, man. I mean, what are we gonna do next?
3: Because here's the problem. Here's the major problem. Because each one of these black men who was killed was doing exactly what they were supposed to do under the circumstances. Hands up in the air, no resistance. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. The policemen, police officers. Well, first of all, they have to be better, better picked. And and I said and I said it just re, just a few seconds ago. There are people out there who are wearing badges who have no business wearing badges. I took the the, uh, the police academy uh, test years ago, right, right after Neil was born. You know, and, and I scored in the top two percent. Um, I I ran the their obstacle course and what, what was in their record time. Um, and in my psychological profile, I was absolutely perfect. The only the only reason I didn't become a cop is because I had really bad eyesight. So, um, but there are people out there wearing badges right now
0: who who should be in jail. You, you see what I'm saying?
3: <laughs> you know, yeah. And I, you know how art imitates life. You remember the movie Deep Cover? I do. The par- the character pa- played by. Um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne was a cop whose psychological profile made him a criminal. You see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, criminal, they, they criminal who's the cop?
3: They, they have to pay more attention, and this is just a small thing, but it has to start at the bottom. People who who wearing badges should be qualified to wear a badge. And just because you need some amount of policemen. To fill out your roster doesn't mean that you throw anybody in there just because, you know, they're walking upright on two feet and can pass a physical, which is, what this is, which is where we are right now as a society. There are people wearing badges who have, whose only qualification to wear a badge is that they can walk upright and um, they don't have a criminal record at the time. Well, the young young lady who shot that man in Tulsa, well, now she has a criminal record. Um, And there's a few other cops who now have criminal records. The the situation has only been exacerbated by the fact that now we see it every day. You turn on the news every day, and there's a video. Cops wear video, wear body cameras. There are videos on the cars. We see it. It's in front of our face. And so now we are forced to deal with it. Not only are we forced to deal with it, but the officials, the, the governments, the, the city officials are forced to deal with it, too, because they turn on the news and see what those people who they have hired, trained, and armed are doing in the name of the city of Tulsa, the city of Charlotte, the city of wherever, um, And so now they have to deal with it. The city of New York has had to settle in the past five years, have had to settle lawsuits to the tune of over $60 million. That's $60 million that the city of New York could have used in other directions, but they had to pay people because of what the police officers that they hired, trained, and armed did to the citizens that they were sworn to protect.
2: And, and that's a flag right there on its
3: own. Right? I mean, like,
2: like, like, who are you protecting, right? Like, I'm just going back to what I said at first. Like, what, what, what does a black man need with the police today? I mean, I mean, we all need protection, but uh, I mean, but dang, that I mean, that's my protection. I mean, that's the, I mean, I, it's just like you're afraid to walk out your door. But uh, my thing is with the police today, man, and uh. Everybody knows this. All, all black people, man, even black men. I even mean, have a few of them that may have be bold enough be bold enough, to even try to even fight with the police, man. I mean, not even with hands, with guns as well. I mean, like, we are submissive to police. I mean, we don't like them, but when they come in the building, I mean, they're the boss. I mean, you got it. You got it. I mean, it's over for us. We get it. We caught behind enemy lines. Police, we, we we respect it. I mean, because we know what comes with it, right? So if you caught, you caught, man. You just got to go through the process and go through the system, and you got to do what you got to do. Crying, you crime, you got to do the time, right? But but and that's a, that's the a thing with our whole culture. Like we we've never been a threat to shoot a policeman, to kill some cops. I mean, because we know what that comes with. We can kill each other, man, and get away with it. Uh, we can even kill a, a a white person and have a better chance. Of getting off of that than killing a police. And you kill a policeman, we man, everybody knows what happens in our community. If you ever not, not barely, if you even touch a policeman, they can, they can always say, "Well, what's the charge they give you all the time? Resisting arrest or harm to a, a city official." But if you kill a cop, do you know what's going to happen to you? We all know what's going to happen to us, man. Every citizen, even kids, know what will happen to you. If you murder a cop, so there is no threat to us, from most parts of any threat from any black people to any police in any neighborhood, man, because we know what's going to happen to us. Man. We're not trying to kill no cop. I mean, it's not in our makeup or our nature, man, to even go do that because we know where they come with. Now, saying that, um, the way they even with our hands up even coming at you, even if we did have a gun. Like our, my hands is up both up in your face most of the time when we when we dying like this, man. So uh it's definitely something going on man in the Uh I I mean, I probably to store up our community as one, man, They like probably slaughter us all. But I mean I ain't gonna go there. But uh uh my other thing is man, it can be we got we got this terrorist deal. I know everybody talking about it. Everybody making their opinions and everybody making a uh in comparison to it, but I got to make mine. I mean, this dude blowing up blocks up up in New York, man. This uh, this uh, Muslim guy supposedly. I you know, mean, we don't know who's doing it, but you never know. They probably be themselves doing it, and uh, gets into a shootout with police, hit two of them. I mean, you you actually he actually hit two cops. Man, one uh, both of them. One of them is in, uh, not critical, but uh, stable condition, but. He nailed two cops, man, and they found away way to take this dude in alive. Now, my thing is, like, there is I mean, there's no way you can tell me you can't find a way to take any black man alive, man. We not killing cops, man. We not doing that. I mean, so why are you killing us, man? Why? Why? What what is the reason for police all over America? To simultaneously, I mean, from coast to coast, I mean, from from California all the way to damn, I mean, this coast over here, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, killing black people, I mean, killing black men and women, like cold blood on camera, I mean, and getting away with it, man. I mean, so it's it's it's, it's something that's deeper than uh. Deeper than Nino Brown,
3: man. If I if I can say it in my own terms, man. <laughs> and
2: uh, let, me, let, me, and uh, let me say,
3: let me say one more thing on the subject, And this, and I, and I think it, it may be a little, it may be a, a case of too little, too late. But here's here's the thing that that's happening in in the in the culture now. What's happening is that we are finding more and more often that not often enough, so way not often enough that policemen are now being held accountable like right off the bat this this, this woman in Tulsa is uh, indicted for first degree manslaughter uh, the, the guy that shot the, the kid in uh, in South Carolina he's in jail they caught the, shot the kid so there are, across the country people are starting to hold police accountable but it's, it's not only is it a little too a too little too late it's not enough and so until these officers until one or two or five or ten of these officers actually gets indicted and has to serve time for uh, unlawfully shooting a black man, it's going to be an issue. But that has to happen really? first. There, ha- there has to be accountability. There has to be accountability. And with no accountability, there, there's, there's no, um, there's no um, unincentive, for lack of a better term. There's no deterrent without accountability. So you start putting these cops in jail who are doing this on camera. You create accountability and hopefully, and hopefully soon the tide turns on this. This young lady in Tulsa is going to jail for the next 15 to 25. And there's no getting around that. She can't avoid that unless they give her a plea deal. Well, that's another story. Um, but the prosecutors are going to have to say, "Look, you did this on camera, and there's there was no justification for it. You go to jail for eight to twenty-five. And then the, the because the guy in, in South Carolina, he didn't kill the guy, he didn't kill the the black man he shot, but now he's doing twelve years. And and we all know that being a cop in prison ain't no picnic. Oh yeah." Yeah,
2: but whatever you do, be
3: protected, but you know, but, but you know, it's not, it's yeah. not gonna be
2: that's easy. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, there has to be accountability. You got any uh, closing statements on this book before we go to break?
1: Yeah, I just want to say one more last thing, man. You know, uh, I I I, I just want to you know, kind of like protest our, I want to protest our pro athletes because uh. You know, they, 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 they not standing for nothing, man, the shacks and all of them. How can you get mad at this guy, uh, for for standing up for something that you see clearly on TV? It ain't like we don't know nothing about it. It ain't like it's in the, you know, they're hiding it from us. It's right in front of our faces. For you to deny Colin Kaepernick his just do, I just don't understand these modern day athletes. And then last but not least, uh, I have a kid down here who just committed to the University of Illinois. And really, Neal, I know you how you love my how you love my guys, man. I got one more. I've been working with him. His name is Trent Fraser. He goes to Wellington High School out here in Florida. He, you know, trying to take him on, under I, my I, wing. Hey, uh,
2: say that name one more time, man, for the people, man. So we so we can so we can remember this. Man, he said it here first.
1: His name is Trent Fraser, and I'm gonna tell you this. You know who he reminds. You know who he reminds me of. And I know you're going to think I'm putting a lot on it, but he remi- reminds me a lot of Kenny Anderson when he was at Georgia Tech. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. All right. Now he's talking. Okay. Hey, it's a really so, point guard. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and, and you know how I am with the, with, the, with the youth and all, and you know how I you know what I'm saying, be with these players and, you know, no, you're yeah, you
2: definitely, you definitely a good trainer, man. You've been, you been putting down for these kids, man. you got a lot of kids out there, man, who are thriving and all over the NCAA, man, coast to coast, man. Yeah, so you definitely be doing your thing, man. You're a major
1: player, man, when it comes to this. I appreciate it, Neely Big intellect, I love you guys, man. I'm glad that I'm back, connected, and, uh, you know, I'll try to, you know what I'm saying, keep listening to the show. Uh, you know, furthermore, this week and next week, I'm glad you guys are back on on our uh, family. And uh, we're going to see if we can get the streets opened up, man, in probably November, man. See if I can get the That's streets opened up. Open back
2: uh, up. We uh, construction. Everybody everybody, oh, everybody talking about, about that, man. Like, man, when the streets coming back. <laughs> So
3: Absolutely, man. We, we, need, we need them guys back.
1: <laughs> I, I, I sure will, man. And tell T-Nick I said what's up. And I love you guys, man, and keep inspiring me and keep motivating me, man. You guys are, are doing a hell of a job. Good show so far. Man, we appreciate
2: it, man. We appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, man. man, man. You know, you're always welcome to come on Sports, sports, sports blow your bro. That's that boy, L Boogie, man. Boogie. I'll be calling you, man. You
1: hear me from, you hear from, from me later, man. No doubt. I will be waiting on that car nearly
2: now. That's what's up, homie. Okay. What's up, man? That's that boy L. Boogie, man. That's that boy L. Boogie, man, from the from the streets, man. We miss the streets so much, man. They're coming back, man. They're definitely coming back soon, man. But uh, we're going to go to break right quick, man, on the sportsofficial.com, man, take a quick break right quick. As soon as we come back, man, we got a lot of talk about, some, uh, some more NFL talk, talk about the Major League Baseball playoff, and definitely talk about uh, KG and his uh, retirement, man. KG getting out of here, man. But uh, we're gonna start with this uh, with this with this uh, with this mix, man. If you're a sports official. tell me what you think, baby. Sports official. sports official.com. Sports,
0: Should have went, got a hey, island, things that we back to rehab on Instagram, looking like a motherfucking peanut. Flying, really on the block. Fuck ass, nigga, beat you with a hot stick. The nigga holds 10 feet 10, wait, soap. You were supposed to show up for rock, not soap. Talking, so we in LA in three hours. Five hour flight, but we're going to be in the shower. I'm not a what do you
2: Uh, back back in the studio, man Sports Officials SportsOfficials.com Got a lot to talk about, man NFL news, man We're going to move on, man Before we get into the show, man We got a few more minutes before the end of the show uh, Pops, what you think about the NFL, man NFL games this week, man What you think?
3: Uh, This is going to be a, a pivotal week This is one of the uh, weeks that's really, really I know that I was in the uh, the pool at work, and I'm thinking, okay, New England's down to their third string quarterback. They got a couple of injuries, other injuries, and Houston's been playing really, really good defense, and uh, they might be able to go into um, into New England and steal one. They got their tails okay. handed to them. So, yeah, man. I mean, I mean, can you can you can't even score? Like, what going, going on? I, I know, right? Twenty seven to nothing. There are some really, really good games, and really not the least of which is the, uh, the Falcons and the Saints on Monday night. Um, that's going to be a real interesting game. And then you keep talking about the 10th anniversary of the Katrina game, I don't really think that makes that much of a difference at this time, at this point in time. Uh, what I do think is that the, the Saints can't play defense and the the Falcons' offense has really picked up, especially in, in light of the way they performed last week. Uh, so, uh, but the Falcons don't play your defense either. So it's going to be a matter of who's going to score the most. Um,
0: oh, uh, I think they're going
3: to Yeah, I kind of like the Falcons in that game because they can play some defense. New Orleans can't play any. So yeah, uh, but you know New Orleans can't score. They can score. And the score. Falcons can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they they put up what thirty five against uh, a really really good Oakland defense. So, um, uh, defense.
2: They even scored on a lot of points okay. too, man. Uh, New England scored, I mean, Orleans, the same score 34 in the first week too. That's okay. 34 back to back weeks.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to say, Khalil, Khalil Mack's name has been, uh, noticeably, notice, noticeably un, unspoken. in The past couple of games. He didn't, you didn't hear his name with all of his problems. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but, uh,
2: that that's a big game though, man, but uh the biggest game of the week, man. I I I gotta say, uh, shoot, uh, the Broncos in Cincinnati. Uh at Cincinnati. Uh can the Broncos win a big game on the road, man, Against an undefeated team, man. Uh, we're gonna learn a lot about the AFC on Sunday tomorrow, after that game at one o'clock, man. Denver oh, man, what? uh they can run the football effectively, but uh Cincinnati's defense is is pretty good, man. They got a lot of corners over there, man. Good tackling linebackers, man. You know, you Atkins up front, of course, but uh, everything else, man. Uh, I, I'm so intrigued by that game, man, because Denver's defense is is a next level defense. Everybody knows that,
3: but they just lost the market yes. aware. And Von Miller, Von Miller's not going to play with the with the broken uh, forearm. And and,
2: and and if he doesn't play. Uh, they say he might club him, man. But but if he doesn't play, that's gonna be an interesting game, man. And Cincinnati can jump into the into the driver's seat of the AFC, what you think?
3: Uh, I like Cincinnati at home, considering that you won't have you you don't have to face the Marcus where you may not have to face Ron Miller. Um, and and Denver is still having a hard time scoring while while the the you know the rookie quarterback. Has been relatively mistake-free in the first couple of games. You can't put the game in his hands and expect him to win it. You, you expect your defense to win the game for if you're if you're the uh, the uh, Denver Broncos. So now when your defense is missing two key pieces, or maybe missing two key pieces. Um, can you depend on the Denver offense to come up with points against a really really good Cincinnati defense and? Uh, I'm inclined to go with Cincinnati in this game at home. I think Cincinnati come through in that game too, man. But uh,
2: another intriguing game, man. You know, probably as you go along, with what we've been talking about too, uh, is uh Minnesota, man. Um, they won the first two games. You know, Sam Bradford found a little rhythm with uh Stefan Diggs, and then they're going on roll to Carolina. And uh, Carolina, you know, they had the one loss to Denver, man, but uh. They got a lot going on in, in, in the NFC, man. It's a big NFC matchup as far as uh, jockeying for playoff position and by, by two playoff caliber teams. Um, I love Minnesota's defense. Um, I have a lot of friends, man. My, 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 one of my best friends, man, Big Tang. I got to get him on the show one time. He pointed something out to me, man, about Minnesota, man, which is, was uh, one of my key points I say on this show all the time, man. Pop, I know you're going to uh, agree with me on this one. Uh, Minnesota's defense, right, ranked number one in the NFL right now, right? Okay. Almost their whole defense, almost their whole defense, is they drafted. Now I want you to hear me out. Uh, Trey Wayne and Xavier Rose, the two starting corners, they drafted those kids very high. Um, they drafted Chad Greenway, Anthony Barr, uh, the two uh outstanding linebackers. Uh Sharif Floyd, Everson Griffin, and uh uh I forgot the other kid's name on the line, man. Up there, man. But they, a couple the other the other defensive end up there, man. They drafted this kid. And they're all pro safety, uh Harrison Smith back there, man. They drafted that kid, man. All these dudes I'm saying is they build in the draft on defense, man. They got a defensive coach in Don Zimmer. And I, I think if healthy, Minnesota's a major player over there in the NFC. If Sam Bradford can you stay up right, man, and get a rhythm going, they just lost Adrian Peterson, man. But a lot of people think Jared McKinnon could be a serviceable back. He can't be Adrian Peterson. Nobody's Adrian Peterson. Uh, but they think he could be a serviceable back, man, for the rest of the season, man. They think he'd be a thousand-yard caliber back. If they can get that out of him and him out of, and Matt Asiaga, um. Minnesota's trending up as well, man. I, I think if they can keep it together, they can be the surprise team in the NFC with that defense. Uh,
3: you know what, Neil? I'm, I'm going to surprise you. I absolutely do not disagree with you. Um, dynasties are built through the draft, and Minnesota has done an outstanding job of drafting defense. What they haven't done very well is draft offense. Now, um, history has shown us that you can win a Super Bowl with a like a superior defense and a better than average offense. But um, right now, with the injuries to Bridgewater and to and to, uh, to Adrian Peterson, uh, Minnesota is going to have to go into a lot of a lot of places and keep their scores to seventeen points and below. If and if your defense can score twenty, you're going to win some games, but. I, I'm, I'm like you. Minnesota is is about a year away from being one of those Baltimore Raven type defenses, and they're yes. going to win some ball games. Um, uh, and not only not only are they a year away from, from that, those guys are young, and they're going to be together for a long time. And continuity, as the G, as the New England Patriots will show you, continuity is a huge huge thing in the NFL. Um, especially in, in the light of free agency. I don't know how long you're going to be able to keep them all together, but um, that that young defense is, is something else, and they're going to make it hard for a lot of teams to score. The only problem is it's hard for Minnesota to score without two of your better players. So um, while I, I think that it's going to be one of those close games at uh, Carolina, I think um, – Cam finds a way to win it, but it's going to be a close game. And not only is it going to be a close game, it's going to be an entertaining game. And Cam better stay away from that read option because if he runs that read option against Minnesota, he's going to get hurt.
2: Uh, my a lot of people always say it about Cam, man. But I mean, when you look at this guy, man, he's so physically imposing, man, and um. I, you know, in these last couple of years, man, you know, I've been on my, on my workout regimen, kind of tough, man. so you know, I kind of steal workouts from a lot of, a lot of different people, man. You know, like like CT Fletcher, man, we both love that guy. You know, he's that's how I do oh, yeah. it. Right? I, I get him on the show one
3: day. It's still your. Yeah,
2: that was incredibly good. What it?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, right? he,
2: he's definitely one of the legends of it. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I watched the Cam Newton workout one day, man, and uh, good grief, man, this guy is, I mean. For, for a male, this guy is put together. This guy's a man, brother. That, he's 6'5", 250 pounds of pure, unadulterated muscle. And he does some of the craziest workouts, man. His work ethic is – I have a newfound respect to Cam Newton, man. I, I mean, I got to agree, man. He's still young, but, I, I mean, put like this, man. Hitting him probably hurts other defenders more than it does him. But only reason I would probably say he needs to stop running the options because I do agree with you. that I just don't want my quarterback getting hit like that at all, especially when he is the MVP of the league and the face of the,
0: the NFL
2: and my franchise. And he just took me to the Super Bowl and probably is on the way to taking me back again. I definitely don't want this guy getting hit. But if he had to get hit, if my quarterback did have to get hit, I don't want him to be Cameron Newton the third.
3: Well, uh, I'm not so much worried about a hit here and a hit there. It's the accumulative effects of all those hits. You know, after a while, you know, and it may not be this year, it may not be next year, but three years from now, four years from now, I I want Cam Newton to have a Tom Brady 15-, 16-, 17-year career. He will not have that career if he keeps taking the type of hits that he takes when he's out there uh, uh, running around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you right. that's some really cheap shots man I, I, I'm i still I'm still really annoyed at the NFL for not suspending a couple of those plays on the Denver Broncos for those helmet to helmet hits you know a fine is always yeah, yeah, good that's... somebody, somebody should have got a game suspension for that for real that's the truth yeah
2: I agree man I agree they definitely was targeting him man and, and it definitely shook him up and a lot of people thought that they had a blueprint of doing that man but you can't hit the quarterbacks like that man And especially <laughs> even, even in the uh, old days man like those those were flags, you know what I mean, back in the in the you know, Pittsburgh or Steel Curtain days, man. But uh I definitely agree with you on that campaign, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, I I don't really feel too sorry for him. I mean, you know, don't cry for him like Argentina, but he definitely shouldn't take his like that, like like you say. But um the last game I want to talk about I mean, before we start wrapping this thing up, man. Um Pittsburgh at Philly. Uh, Carson Wentz, man. A lot of people have been buzzing about Carson Wentz, man. And and I have talked to a lot of people, man. And uh, I, I got to give a shout out to my man, Big Tank, again, man. Got to get him on the show, man. It's another thing he brought out to me, man, because we talk all the time, man. He told me this a long time ago, man. I mean, I mean not a long time, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago when Philly jumped up and took this kid and mortgaged the future, right? He told me, he was like, you know what? When they did that, that told him something. And I, I got to give him his credit, man. I got to get him on the show. He said, Philly knows something that we don't know about this kid, right? Philly knows what they got with this guy in their huddle. Now, fast forward. They got Sam Bradford, man. They just paid the guy $22 million, gave him his extension, gave him a starting job. You know, he's going to be the uh, – kind of the the buffer for, the, for for Carson, you know, the young kid, right? They get an offer for another first-round pick. Traded Sammy Rapper so fast they couldn't get him out the door fast enough. Now, saying that, at the same time, this Carson Wentz kid had bruised ribs. He was hurt. Didn't practice half of training camp. All the thing he could do was be in the film room and, you know, work out, try to rehab and get himself back right. But they throw him right in the fire. Now, I got to give Big Tech credit, man. You got I mean, you're right. Because Philly knew what they had in this kid, and he's been showing it. First two games, I mean, I, I mean, almost flawless performances, man. No interceptions, uh, four touchdown passes, and two wins, man. When you're not turning the ball over, when you can complete the ball uh, 60%, with no turnover, then you're very efficient with the offense, man, with the run-pass uh, uh, ratio and your defense is uh, not on the field all the time, you know, uh, you're going to win football games, man. And this guy has been everything as advertised, man, and more, man. And you can see why Philadelphia, more because they're future, man, for this future quarterback, man. And uh, I'm interested to see today, man. It's going to be the first test. It's going to be against the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. It's going to be the best team he's played all year. And it's going to be at home, man. You going to have a comfort zone, but it's definitely going to be Uh, uh, Something I'm very interested to see what he does tomorrow. What you think? Well,
3: I yeah, I'm interested in that game too. Although I I keep getting a lot of flack from from people that I know. It's all the Browns should have took Carson Wentz. The Browns should have just did that. Let me tell you something. I I love Hugh Jackson. I think he's gonna do. I think he's gonna be a great coach in Cleveland for a long time. I got and I told him I got four words for you. Two first, two second. That's all you need to know about the Browns and Carson Wentz. Okay, uh, I'm not mad at him. I hope, he, I hope the young man does well. Two first, two seconds. Now the Browns have to do something with him. Um, yeah, that's real. I <laughs> I like Pittsburgh in this game because just like you say, Pittsburgh is going to be the the first
0: really really good
3: uh, defense that, that he faces, and um, it's going to be uh, interesting about how he reacts to it because they're going to show him stuff that he hasn't seen yet, and. Uh, the first time James Harrison, uh, somebody, one of these people misses a block, and James Harrison comes off that edge, you'll know what, what you got in Carson Wentz, and that's the truth.
2: Yeah, 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 that's real, man, but uh, that's going to be a big step, man. But uh, if they can win today, they will be in complete driver's seat of that division, man, because watch them play the Giants today. Uh, Giants still have a loss, man, but... uh. Uh, if Washington can find a way to win that game, man, Philly's all the way in the job of that division, man. And uh, it's going to be interesting, man, to see, man, what he does, man, because uh, uh, Jared Goffin was the number one team, man. is nowhere near getting on the field, man. And if you let the Rams tell it, uh, he probably won't play this year at all. But uh, we, the Cleveland Browns, before we get out of here, we're starting our third string quarterbacks, man. We took it in the third round. I can't believe we took this kid over deck. Press that. I'm going to say it on this show. Cody, free Kessler. is our but, third you know,
3: quarterbacks. Hugh Jackson swears by this kid. Well, maybe Hugh Jackson knows something we don't. Uh, but but uh, something, there's one thing for certain. There's one thing for certain. Whatever Hugh Jackson knows, the rest of us are going to know tomorrow afternoon
2: you know what I'm uh, that's right <laughs> I know that's right you got any the words top
3: man before we get out of here yeah you know I, I'm sorry that we didn't get a chance to really talk about the game uh, last week with Ohio State and, and Oklahoma uh, you know because you and I are all on opposite, opposite sides I think it was a it was a great game if you're an Ohio State fan but um uh, the 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 college landscape, and this is what's great about college football right now, because you got the top teams are playing the top teams just so they, they can make, make sure that they get a spot in this, in this playoff. Ohio State has to play Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State. They win those games, they're in. Um, so uh, it's just it's just a great day. It's a lot of good games on today. There's going to be a lot of more good games tomorrow. Uh, I And I'm finally going to give you some rest this weekend. And go see the Magnificent Seven. Denzel Washington. Got to go do that today.
2: Yeah, I might as well get it. You know, how, you know, I mean, you know me, Pops, I'm going bootleg that one, baby. Hey, But, but I, uh, uh, that Ohio State uh, Oklahoma game was a good game man, for Ohio State fans either way. You know, but, uh... um. Uh, it was very, very disappointing to watch, man. As a fan, it didn't hurt me. You know, hey, you can't win them all, man. At least they both in the top five, man. Our top five, That's, that's I, I thought that we could say, man. But uh, we'll definitely be back next week. We'll all be back in the studio, man. We'll have T Nick, Mike T, Big Intellect in the house. You know, in the, uh, in our newly renovated uh, studios. Uh, we'll probably see if we can get us uh, uh, some visuals. Probably not next week, but in two weeks. We will be live broadcasting on our YouTube channel. We finally got it together, people. It's going down.
0: On the sports of business, sports of business. Dot com. <laughs>